This is Ron Clements with my wife, Patty. Hello. And we are in Louisville, Kentucky. Well, technically Clarksville, Indiana, but we drove through Kentucky to get here. We stopped at Mammoth Cave National Park. That place is really, really cool. It is awesome, and they have some great tours. Aaron is an awesome ranger who gives one of the... I was he's 22 years old. Yeah, he's, he is a great performer slash very knowledgeable, and he made it very entertaining to learn about the history of the cave. Edutainment, education, okay. entertainment. Yeah, yeah I, I got it. So, and when I say it's very <laughs> cool, I mean that like figuratively and literally because the cave is quite cool. But there are several tours you can go on. We only did the one, uh, the historical tour, which was really cool. It was um, two hours. But yeah, but there are other ones that they, I think they have like six tours. I would recommend going on all of them. But today on the podcast, though, we have Nashville Sounds pitcher Zach Curtis. I talked with him last Thursday while we were down in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. We went staying with our friends, the Pullmans. We went up to Nashville on Thursday and saw a sounds game. But that afternoon, though, I went up there and spoke with Zach. And you will hear my interview with Zach Curtis from last Thursday when we come back right here on the Home Run on Wheels podcast. In 2014, there were 702,000 cases of reported child maltreatment in the U.S., That's enough to pack Wrigley Field 17 times. Visit childrenshopealliance.org to learn how to give hope to a child. You see everybody else have a family. I remember just like, you know, like saying, what's wrong with me, you know? Josh spent 16 years in DSS custody after unthinkable abuse and neglect. He came to Children's Hope Alliance last year to join our independent living program to help him transition into adulthood. I'm thankful being an independent living of the Children's Hope Alliance because I don't know where else I would be. Independent living is just one of nearly 30 programs at Children's Hope Alliance. Visit childrenshopealliance.org slash advocate to learn how to help kids like Josh. I didn't give birth to these kids, but they're here and they're our family and they're our kids. Carrie and her husband couldn't have a baby on their own, but they wanted to raise a family. So they reached out to Children's Hope Alliance to learn about becoming foster parents. Children's Hope Alliance helped place a little boy named Riley in their home. The couple adopted Riley about a year later, then adopted his older brother too. Now their house and their hearts are full of family. To learn more about becoming a foster parent or to learn how to spread the word about fostering, visit childrenshopealliance.org slash advocate. Hello and welcome back to the Home Run on Wheels podcast. This is Ron Clements and I'm with Nashville Sounds pitcher Zach Curtis, 26-year-old guy drafted by the Diamondbacks in 2014 and you got a birthday coming up on July 4th, right? Yep, yep. So happy early birthday. I appreciate that. Big 27, getting older, closer to 30 than I was 21, so <laughs> it's always exciting. Well, I'm, I'll be 45 in the end of July, so you know, you're, you're youngin' to me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, um, speaking of youngins, I mean, you do a lot of stuff with kids. What kind of drives you to do that? Probably just my childhood, actually. I didn't have the best upbringing. I wasn't the best kid growing up. Um, I lived in Florida. I lived in a, a good spot, Panama City Beach, but I just got into the wrong things, wrong crowds too early and didn't have anybody or anything really to pull me away from that. So when I got up here and I got a new beginning, I moved here when I was 13, got a new new chance at everything, I kind of made it my mission that every time I 
could give back to someone or something or a group of people, I would. And playing professional baseball, that's a great avenue to get kids out here and get them distracted from whatever is going on in their personal life. They can just come out here and be kids. And Or if we do a hospital visit, they can not worry about what sickness they have or what's going on. They can look at Booster, who's a, just a big red bird, or they can see us and try to make them forget about what's going on and give them a little bit of a better spark for the day, a better outlook on what's going on. Yeah, I read the article. I think it was in the Tennessean uh, on you, and you, know, you, you talked about growing up in Panama City, and you were making bad decisions as a kid, but then you kind of made a really mature decision where you were like, I need to get out of this. I mean, what what, what was the the light bulb that went off you know for for you was it getting suspended from school where you were like i, I need to get out of here yeah it was kind of like a, a snap decision i mean looking back on it it's very odd that i made that decision so quickly so fast after this decisions i had made previously um i think it kind of kick-started from when i got suspended when i got, got caught skipping class um, i came back and i think i got in an argument with someone in class or possibly almost got in a fight with someone. Um, I wasn't a big kid, but I was not scared of anybody for some reason. I probably should have been. But <laughs> but uh, I think something happened around those lines. I can't remember exactly, but like you said, a light bulb went off in my head and said, if I don't leave here, something bad's going to happen. I'm going to end up going down the wrong path to where I can't come back from it. And I just made the snap judgment call and called my grandmother and said, hey, do you have a bed for me? She said, yeah. She said, it's in the, it's in the spare bedroom. It's just a couch. So I said, I'll be there in two days. And then here we are now. And that was in Hendersonville, right? Just north yeah. of where we are here in Nashville yep. right now. We're, we're talking to Zach at First Tennessee Park, the home of the Nashville Sounds, a triple, AAA affiliate of the Texas Rangers. And this is an area you know well because you went through high school in Hendersonville, and then you end up at Middle Tennessee State. And after kind of bouncing around a little bit, now you're back here in Nashville. Yeah, no, it's, it's been a long long ride since I was at Hendersonville High School walked in at two it walked in at 13 in 2007 and now I'm back at 27 almost and playing professional baseball um I like I said I, I I love this area they gave me my second chance they took me in and um any anytime I get a chance to give back to this community this state of Tennessee I love this state I love this what I think this state's all about is family and friends and giving back to the community. So anytime I get a chance, I love getting out in the community and meeting people. And so you held a camp in January. You did a hospital visit in April, another one in June, and you've done some baseball clinics with the sounds here this season, a, a couple of them. You've got one on Friday with a, a group of girls you were telling me about. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, how, how rewarding is that? It's kind of selfish how rewarding it is to know that that we're making kids days. I mean, that it, it sounds, but I love watching the expressions on kids' faces when they catch the ball or they hit a ball very well, or they see Booster come into a room at the hospital. It's more rewarding to me to see their expressions and how happy that makes them. So in a way it's kind of selfish because I love seeing that in other kids and I want to make everybody and every kid smile because I know in my past, it wasn't always there. So to have that and have that vision of them smiling takes, takes away everything that ever happened to me. As a uh, Middle Tennessee State guy, do you know Kevin Byard with the Titans? Yes, I do. Because he's another guy who does a lot of community work. Yeah, so me and Kevin, um, 
I mean, I wouldn't say we are best friends by any means. Uh, we had classes together at MTSU. We, I passed by him when he was at MTSU when we were working out. Baseball football team would kind of go right after each other, before each other. He's actually, I have I bought his jersey last year. So when we were in uh, Arlington, one of our flight trips was favorite NFL team or player, and I bought his jersey. And uh, so I just got to gotta rep the Middle Tennessee area. Does MTSU, do they like promote? community work with you guys because I mean you know you got two guys here who are professional athletes in Nashville and from MTSU and you both of you guys are, are doing good work in the community yeah I think coming up through MTSU um, I got there as a junior out of junior college and actually right. junior college right outside here too um, coach Jim McGuire was my head coach and uh, coach Stockstill was a football coach there and I think the entire athletic community MTSU pushes to give back to the community because it is a a blue collar team it's a blue collar town and you got to work for what you have and you have to give back to people that give that help you out and we did elementary school readings for the baseball team we would go out and do um we'd have an annual fish fry it's usually around october for the baseball team and we would serve the guests we wouldn't bring anybody in the baseball team would serve everybody and that was just something they really pushed for us to give back to the community that's awesome now, with your the camp you held in uh, January, you had a couple of missions behind that. One, uh, you were raising funds for the uh, Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation and also a scholarship fund for your high school. So why did you choose those two things? Yeah, no, um, the JDRF um, is a type 1 diabetes for, for kids or even adults, um, but usually kind of center around juvenile diabetes. Mm -hmm. When I first moved here, one of the first friends I ever made, his name is Robbie Stanley. He's still my best friend to this day. He's the godfather of my two children. Um, I'm going to be in his wedding here not too long in the off season. And him and his youngest brother, who's now not so young, he's 16, um, both got diagnosed with type 1 diabetes in 2008, both of them. Probably, wow. probably within six months of each other. It was, it was very strange how quick it happened. And so I've just been head deep in learning about it, trying to find ways to give back to that, that cause because they are big into it. We do a walk every year actually over here at Bicentennial Mall, and we do a, a diabetes walk. So I raise money for that. And uh, majority of the proceeds, we were able to do donate $3,500 to JDRF. Nice. And then, uh, like I said, the Scholarship Foundation, my head coach, uh, Mike Hendricks at Hendersonville, his wife passed away two years ago. And uh, pretty suddenly, and she was a very big impact to me. Um, she steered me kind of straight. She was very strict. I mean, she actually failed me in art <laughs> class, even though I was her her husband's player. She said, that's not how it's going to work in the real world. I'm going to teach you a lesson. So that always resonated with me. And when she passed away, I wanted to continue her legacy and her presence because she was so big into the baseball team that I started a scholarship foundation in her name. And every year we give one player, or this year we actually gave three players, scholarships that best represented what she embodied and what we think Hendersonville baseball embodies. And she taught you that you should focus on baseball and not art, right? Yes, yeah, you know, and her, her exact words were you shouldn't be flirting with girls, you should be paying attention in school. <laughs> So you're, you're not an artist, though, huh? No, I am not. I am not an artist. I did win a prize in the art fair, though. I did. I somehow made this sculpture, and it turned out to win an award. I, I thought they were joking with me when they said I won. Oh, wow. So I guess I can say I'm a award-winning artist, but I'm not the best one. <laughs> now, you kind of touched on this before, but how, how has your own childhood impacted what you're doing now? 
it just, I didn't, like I said, I didn't have anybody really to kind of lean on to brighten up a bad day. I kind of got bullied as a kid. And like I said, I was, I was small um, and kids took advantage of that. I, I wasn't very outgoing. Um, so I wouldn't really talk back until I got older, but I didn't have anybody to kind of brighten up my day. Both my parents worked full-time jobs. I was kind of home alone a lot, um, only child. So definitely when I got older, I realized what happened in my past and I don't ever want to see another kid go through that. So if I can, if I can take the chance and give back to a kid just for five minutes, I think that five minutes can hopefully turn into a day, which will turn into a better week, which will turn into hopefully a better year. That's cool. How, how tall are you? I'm five nine. I used five to say, nine. I'm I'm five eight. So I used to creep. I used to say that in high school. It's like, oh, I'm five eleven. Then, <laughs> then I got to college. It's like, oh, I'm five ten. Starting to realize that you have to be realistic with yourself. And then once I got to pro ball and it's on there, there's no hiding it. I'm five nine, and that's what I am. And right. I'm gonna come at you as much as my five nine self will. And you're a lefty, so that helps being yeah. a pitcher, right? No, it does. You don't see a ton of them. There's starting to be more, but. Uh, Definitely being left-handed helps everything. And if you don't know what Zach Curtis looks like, um, I saw a picture of you throwing left-handed. Oh, the music, pregame music starting now here yeah. at the stadium. If you don't know what Zach looks like, um, he's a lefty. When he's, I, I saw a picture of you throwing, and I was like, holy crap, he looks a lot like Josh Hader. Yeah. Do you ever get that? No, it, it's funny. Um, some some of the guys just joke, I'm the I'm the softer tossing Josh Hader. Because we, <laughs> we both at one point wore glasses. He, he stopped wearing his. We right. both have tattoos. We both from the left side. We both throw from around the same arm angle. Yeah. So I, I've definitely, and I enjoy watching him. He's a great competitor. I enjoy watching how he goes about everything. So I think it's a compliment if anybody ever says that about me. Nice. And I'm actually from Wisconsin, which is probably why I made that connection. No, exactly. So if, if you can agree with that, then I'll take it. Now, um, I want to talk about your career a bit. You are drafted by the Diamondbacks in 2014, but I mean, the Rangers are what, your fourth team in four years, basically, yep, right? Four team in four years. And how, how tough is that? Because you've been called up. You've been released. You've been traded. I mean, how, how tough is that moving around so much? Yeah, no, it's different. Like you said, I got drafted in 2014, and it was a very quick trip to the big leagues. I spent a short season in 14 in Hillsborough, Oregon. 2015, I was in Kane County, Illinois, right outside Chicago mm -hmm. for low A. The next year, in 2016, I spent two weeks in high A ball, went straight to the big leagues. Uh, spent about two months there. Got sent down for about two weeks. Got called back up. Was with the Diamondbacks for the rest of the year, and then got traded that offseason to the Mariners. It was pretty. High. That was part of the Gene Segura trade, yep, I believe, Gene right? Gene Segura and Mitch Hanniger and me for Taiwan Walker and uh, Cattell Marte, and got to the Mariners. And I thought, oh man, this is it. New spot, better new opportunity. I got brought down real fast. I got this is the first guy optioned out of camp. I went to Double A, which I'd already been before with the Diamondbacks. Thought I didn't need to be there again. Spent all of 17 uh, in Double A. I spent. I got to go up three or four times that year to the big league team, pitched, but then got sent right back to Double A, and then got claimed off waivers by the Phillies in September of 17. Spent the all of September in the big leagues with Philly. The next year, optioned to Triple A out of camp with the Phillies. Got called up probably eight or nine times with them. Would pitch, get sent back down to Triple A. Claimed off waivers by the Rangers at the end of last year. Spent two weeks here in round, we were actually in Round Rock, and then got called up, spent all of September in the big leagues with them. Got non-tendered in the off season, so which took me off the big league roster. Resigned with the Rangers because we were here in Nashville, and now we're here where we are in the middle of June. What was that first call up like? Because you were at high, high single A, right? Yeah. At, at the time, and that's guys don't get called up from single A. Yeah, no, they don't. And it, that uh, had to have been a huge surprise. Oh yeah, no, it, it, words don't describe how big of a surprise it was. I actually called my manager a liar <laughs> to his face and said, "This isn't a funny joke." 
So, and for me to kind of outburst like that, it, it just tells you right there, because um, I'm, like I said, I'm a very kind of kept to myself person, and I thought I was going to double A at most, and to say, hey, you're skipping double A and triple A, you're going straight to the big league club, was a, a whirlwind of emotions. Now you're married, you got a couple of kids. Did your family travel with you when you were getting bounced all across the country? No, so we have a five-year-old whose name's Grayson, and we have a nine-month-old named Brooks. And Gray was probably one, one and a half, almost two years old when I got called up. And um, we just were about to build a house down here. So wife stayed at home and we did all that. And they just always stayed home. I wanted them to have the family support. And I wanted my son to be in a very like located, like a central place. He wasn't bouncing all over the place doing what I have to do. I want him to be a kid and grow up around his family. Just have a stable environment, right? A very stable environment with his family, his friends. And um, so this is the first year I've been able to go to events that I never got to go to. I got to take him to school almost every day besides when we were on the road. So it's definitely been a, a joy to be here. Yeah, it's pretty cool. You haven't had the, probably haven't had that experience since you were in college, right? Where, yeah. you, where you've been close to family. Yeah, exactly. Where I've been able to see family on a regular basis when it's not behind a screen of a phone mm -hmm. or a computer. So having that definitely gives me a peace of mind going home every night to my bed, to my family and uh, kind of getting a different routine because when I go home, I can disconnect from baseball and be a dad be a husband be a housekeeper whatever you want to call it and then when I come to work it's work it's time to go so that's nice to have that's cool and that stability is one thing we learned that's so important with foster kids last year we, we learned that and it was a huge uh, learning experience for us yeah learning about because foster care wasn't really a passion of ours like two years ago yeah. it, it kind of became a passion when we were traveling but hey Zach, it was a pleasure. I hope you get that permanent call up here very shortly. Well, I appreciate that. Thanks for having so, me. And thanks you for coming on the Home Run on Wheels podcast. Did you know there are enough kids in foster care to fill the rosters of almost 1,500 MLB teams and their entire farm systems? We need more foster parents. Visit childrenshopealliance.org to learn more. Any child should be able to at least go to a foster home and experience the family. After a traumatic past, Briar was fostered and adopted through Children's Hope Alliance. I felt like God chose this place, and I feel like when He opened the door for them being my foster parents, He also opened the door for them being my mom and dad. There are kids right now in your community waiting for someone like you to open their hearts and home. To learn more about becoming a foster parent or to learn how to spread the word about fostering, visit childrenshopealliance.org advocate. Welcome back to the Home Run on Wheels podcast, and thanks so much to uh, Zach Curtis of the Nashville Sounds and Chad Seeley of the Sounds for helping to set that up. Patty, what do you think of Zach? I mean, he's a pretty good guy. Yes, and I thought it was a really important piece of his story is how his story started totally. and how, you know, he made a decision that turned his life around and luckily he had someone there to support him. Mm-hmm. And take care of them. A and lot now, of foster kids have are, are going through the same things he went through when he was thirteen, and a lot of them don't have that that family member they can rely on. Right, and so hopefully there's support services out there who can help those kids, and that's the mission that we want to carry forward and spread the word about. You know, and another thing, you know, he spoke about what he's doing now and how it it feels selfish in a way. It made me think of a Friends episode. I don't know if you ever saw the one with where Phoebe was like, Phoebe and Joey were in an argument about the fact, Joey was saying there are no selfless, truly selfless acts. There's always some kind of benefit on the other side. 
And so she's trying to do all these things. First thing she does, she lets a bee sting her. And she's like, you know, I got hurt and the bee got, you know, to sting me. And Joey was like, no, then the bee probably went off and died. And she's like, man, you know, so she tries a few different things um, and ultimately does come around to even when she um, she ends up she hates PBS. I can't remember why, but she ends up um, donating money to PBS, which she doesn't like. But then it gives Joey some airtime and then he ends up getting a job out of it. And then that makes her feel good because she got him a job. And she's like, "Ah, I can't, you know, but there's nothing wrong with that. It's it's still selfless. It's a whole kind of paying it forward kind of deal. Exactly. It's still helping somebody out. If you get a good feeling about it, yay. You're still helping somebody. So I think that's awesome. And and everything he's doing and has been through and uh, continues to do. Yeah, it's helped. His childhood helped shape the man he is now. And because of his childhood, he's given back to the community because he knows there are kids out there who need that. And uh, it's it's really cool what Zach does. And I hope he can bring that community service to a major league baseball market. Absolutely. That would be wonderful. All right. I'm uh, not sure if we're going to do a podcast episode next week, but next week we will be in Huntington, West Virginia. And then it'll be Ohio. And Kentucky was our 43rd state. West Virginia will be our 44th state. So we're getting closer to that 49, our mission of, uh, kind of our side mission of uh, getting to all 49 states with the RV. All 49 states we can drive to with the RV. We're not shipping it to Hawaii. (laughs) <laughs> that would be that would not make only if we win the lottery not even then <laughs> no i'd do it if i won lo- enough money in the lottery <laughs> this rv is going to hawaii gosh darn it all right guys well hey until we speak again thank you so much for listening to the home run on wheels podcast and your homework this week and next week and the week after that <laughs> do something nice for someone else have a great week goodbye There's so much that we need to share So 